Good evening. Today is Wednesday, the 30th of October, 2019. Today we commemorate John Wycliffe. Our readings are Psalms 49 and 53, Ezra 6, 1 through 22, Revelation 5, 1 through 10, and Matthew 13, 10 through 17. Blessed are you, O God, the God of our ancestors, creator of the changes of day and night, giving rest to the weary, renewing the strength of those who are spent, bestowing upon us occasions of song in the evening. As you have protected us in the day that is past, so be with us in the coming night. Keep us from every sin, every evil, and every fear, for you are our light and our salvation and the strength of our life. To you be glory for endless ages. Amen. Almighty, everlasting God, let our prayer in your sight be as incense, the lifting up of our hands as the evening sacrifice. Give us grace to behold you, present in your word and sacraments, and to recognize you in the lives of those around us. Stir up in us the flame of that love which burned in the heart of your Son as he bore his passion, and let it burn in us to eternal life into the ages of ages. Amen. We seek her who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. The Lady is her name. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O Lady, make haste to help us. Glory to the Mother and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Mother in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Creator, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all, th at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Psalm 119, verses 49 through 72. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my distress, that your promise gives me life. The arrogant utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your ordinances from of old, I take comfort, O God. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked those who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs wherever I make my home. I remember your name in the night, O God, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me, for I have kept your precepts. God is my portion. I promise to keep your words. 
I implore your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think of your ways, I turn my feet to your decrees. I hurry and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous ordinances. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O God, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O God, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was humbled, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The arrogant smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their hearts are fat and gross, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was humbled, so that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Ezra, chapter 6, verses 1 through 22. Then King Darius made a decree, and they searched the archives where the documents were stored in Babylon. But it was in Ekbatana, the capital on, in the province of Midia, that a scroll was found on which this was written, a record. In the first year of his reign, King Cyrus issued a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt, the place where sacrifices are offered and burnt offerings are brought. Its height shall be 60 cubits and its width 60 cubits, with three courses of hewn stones and one course of timber. Let the cost be paid from the royal treasury. Moreover, let the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took out of the temple in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon, be restored and brought back to the temple in Jerusalem, each to its place. You shall put them in the house of God. Now you, Tatanai, governor of the province beyond the river, Shathar Bozanai, and you, their associates, the envoys in the province beyond the river, keep away. Let the work on this house of, let the work on this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I make a decree regarding what you shall do for these elders of the Jews for the rebuilding of this house of God. The cost is to be paid to these people, in full and without delay, from the royal revenue, the tribute of the province beyond the river. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, or sheep for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, or oil, as the priests in Jerusalem require, let that be given to them day by day without fail, so that they may offer pleasing sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his children. Furthermore, I decree that if anyone alters this edict, a beam shall be pulled out of the house of the perpetrator, who shall then be impaled on it. The house shall be made a dunghill. May the God who has established his name there overthrow any king or people that shall put forth a hand to alter this or to destroy this house of God in Jerusalem. I, Darius, make it a decree. Let it be done with all diligence. Then, according to the word sent by King Darius, Tadanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, Shethar, Bozanai, and their associates did with all diligence what King Darius had ordered. So the elders of the Jews built and prospered through the prophesying of the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, son of Iddo. They finished their building by command of the God of Israel and by decree of Cyrus, Darius, and King Artaxerxes of Persia. And this house was finished on the third day of the month of Adar, in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. The people of Israel, the priests and the Levites, and the rest of the returned exiles, 
celebrated the dedication of this house of God with joy. They offered at the dedication of this house of God 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, and as a sin offering for all Israel, 12 male goats, according to the number of tribes of Israel. Then they set the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their courses for the service of God at Jerusalem, as it is written in the book of Moses. On the 14th day of the first month, the returned exiles kept the Passover. For both the priests and the Levites had purified themselves. All of them were clean. So they killed the Passover lamb for all the returned exiles, for their fellow priests and for themselves. It was eaten by the people of Israel who had returned from exile and also by all who had joined them and separated themselves from the pollutions of the nations of the land to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. With joy, they celebrated the festival of unleavened bread seven days, for God had made them joyful and had turned the heart of the king of Assyria to them, so that he aided them in the work on the house of God, the God of Israel. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for she has looked with favor on her for she has looked with favor on me. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is her name. She has mercy on those who fear her in every generation. She has shown the strength of her arm. She has scattered the proud in their conceit. She has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. She has filled the hungry with good things and the rich she has sent away empty. She has come to the help of her servant Israel for she has remembered her promise of mercy, the promise she made to our, to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Revelation, chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb, standing standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God, saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You you have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. God, you now have set your child free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Then the disciples came and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, you will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and hear what you hear, but did not hear it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Mother Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and believe in Jesus Christ, her only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Mother. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Mother in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let's use instead of intercessory prayers, the litany of healing, or let's use as intercessory prayers on, in place of the suffrages, the litany of healing found on page 33 of Ministry with the Sick or Dying Burial of a Child, Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. God, the source of all being, your will for, for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, the incarnate word, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O God. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O God of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O God of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit 
those who are bereaved. Hear us, O God of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O God of life. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, God, is the well of life, and in your light we see light. Hear us, O God of life. Heal us and make us whole. Almighty God, giver of life and health, send your blessing on all who are sick and upon those who minister to them, that all weakness may be vanquished by the triumph of the risen Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through the mercies of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for the evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. I'd like to include some prayers from Enriching Our Worship Volume 2. They are prayers for healing. For protection. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh, you overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to the Mother. Grant Jacob and all your children, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided Trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. Gracious God, only source of life and health, help, comfort, and relieve your children and give your power of healing to those who minister to their needs, that their weakness may be turned to strength and confidence in your loving care. For the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people. But in Jesus, bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to us. And by your justice, lift us up, that in the body you have given us, we may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
strengthen your servants, O God, to go where we have to go and bear what we have to bear, that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, we may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt us, the anxieties that perplex us, the despair that frightens us, and our frustration at our inability to think clearly. Help us discover your forgiveness in our memories and know your peace in our distress. Touch us, O God, and fill us with your light and your hope. Amen. Blessed God, you minister to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. As a prayer for mission, we'll pray the prayer attributed to St. Francis. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Now I will uh, share some of my thoughts on our readings. So first, our psalm or our section of psalm. What spoke to me today, a few things. Verse 57, the second part, I promise to keep your words. I've been having some really wonderful conversations with my son. And one of the things we've been talking about is learning the method by which we knew ourselves and we know God. Like how, how does our inner voice, how does our authentic self speak to us? How do we hear it? How does, and how do we hear God? And for me, it's words. Um, for others, it might be music. It might be art. There are probably a million different things. Definitely nature is one, I think, that we... And, and silence. But overwhelmingly, it's in and through words that I know myself and know God. And so this promise of the psalmist to keep God's words... It matters to me because that message that I receive through written language from that which is of God in me and also that of God herself, at the risk of sounding maudlin, these are precious treasures and 
how we carry them forth in our lives, how we live out what we receive is, is a big deal. It's an important part of living our truths and becoming ourselves. And I find myself sometimes wanting to keep God's word in the wrong way by hoarding it to myself. I'm so blessed um, that my son and I get to have these great conversations about really significant topics like discernment and prejudice and all of these things. And even more blessed that he still sometimes at least hears God through me. I'm blessed to be that conduit and I'm blessed that he receives. And he took something I said really to heart and he, or something that God said through me, and he really wanted to do something with it. And a part of me was like, don't share that with the world. Keep it to us. <laughs> because more so than anything I've ever created, you know, any, any poem, any paper, um, the messages that I hear or I receive from God are indeed very precious. And sometimes I am tempted to not want to share them with the world because Because I think that I can't stand if they were to be scoffed at or not listened to. And the, the reason I think that this is the wrong way to think of it, hoarding them to myself, is that it's, it's, a, it's a position based out of fear and perceived scarcity. That I'm afraid of what will happen when I share. And an even deeper fear is that then I won't receive more. Not necessarily because I'm giving away and there's nothing replacing it, but if somehow it's ruined by contact with the outer world, like a snowflake hitting the tip of a finger, just melting away, that, that it will break the conduit, so the connection will no longer be there. And And so having recognized the source of this position in fear and perceived scarcity, I can discern that it's wrong. That's the wrong position to come from. And I refocus myself to sharing God's word as I receive it, but sharing it with discernment because not everyone receives in the same language that we receive and not everyone is ready to receive at this point, right? So we prayerfully choose the right time, place, person in context and with the awareness of our awakened selves recognize those moments, contexts and people and with God's help share in a particular way, transmit in a particular way, you've heard me say, and I think it, it's good here too, that it can be received. So that's a kind of long thought on the psalm, but around one particular little verse in the psalm. Our reading from Ezra continues on. So Darius goes and looks up, King Darius goes and looks up what King Cyrus said. And King Cyrus not only said to rebuild, to allow the Jews to rebuild God's house, but to pay for it. And these folks complaining about it, he, the decree had already said, keep away. And, and among the provisions are not only provisions to build the temple, but also provisions basically anything that the priests in Jerusalem require, let that be given, and this is verse 9, let that be given to them day by day without fail. So they're to be, 
provide for the building of the temple and then the daily needs. And I love the way that verse is day by day. And so through this foreign king, and I read in my commentary that that King Cyrus um, also provided for, or King Darius at this point, because um, once King Darius reads the decree of King Cyrus, then it's Darius that says that all these provisions will take place, um, or will happen. So forgive me, I got that, I said that a little bit wrong not too long ago, but at any rate, um, my commentary says that King Darius also provided and funded um, some Egyptian religions too. And I think we have some insight into why he does that in verse 10, so that they may offer pleasing sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his children. And then he goes on with some pretty horrible threats about anybody who stands in their way. Um, and I, I think the insight is that he's kind of covering his bases. Well, and, and I hear, I, I hear people say this a lot, um, especially if I ask, it's all right if I pray for them. Well, it can't hurt. And I think that's just as good a place to start as any with it can't hurt. And out of that can grow something much deeper but the willingness to be even just a little bit open, even a crack open to God is more than enough. So I guess what I want to take out of our Old Testament reading today is to remember that God provides even through unlikely sources in what we need day by day. One of my dear friends was giving me advice about how to find joy in the midst of my crisis. And she suggested that I remind myself that in this moment, I have more than enough. And that kind of goes along with 12-step spirituality, you know, one day at a time. And I think that all of these things are good in context. And I think that even when our rulers, and I use the term rather, I guess a better way to say it, even when those in authority over our public or private lives, public or personal lives, probably a better way to say that, um, are just covering their bases or are completely dismissive of our faith, we should then even more pray for them. And one thing that I've been working on, just as those building the temple prayed for King Darius, and one thing that I've been working on is not moving away from judgment and recognizing Pity is sometimes a slippery slope to judgment. And so finding instead compassion. And that's helpful for me. Because otherwise I, as Paul says, I think it's Paul, I become what I hate. Because when I sit in ugly judgment on someone who is wronging me, I am spiritually wronging them. So instead, with compassion, let us pray that we can recognize, as Walter Wink says, the evil in us and give it to God that we may be transformed. Get that out of the way first before engaging the evil of the powers that be. Amen. Our New Testament reading... is from Revelation. And they're just, there's such beautiful imagery in this passage. I love it, especially coming up as we are on all souls and all saints days, respectively. Verse eight, the latter part of verse eight, 
actually, let's just read all of verse 8. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And I agree with my commentator here that now the voices in heaven are joined by the voices of the earthly saints. And I believe that that's exactly what we're doing when we say evening prayer or when we sit in silence and mindfully and intentionally tap into the greater universe. I know that sounds a little woo-woo, but I do think it's true. Whatever the means of our universal prayer is, and for me it's definitely at least one, is, is daily office. These, these beautiful words of scripture and of liturgy They are a universal prayer and song, and it's an ongoing song in heaven, and we join our voices to it like the earthly saints. The incense mingles in heaven. I just think that's so beautiful. An apt description. And I think it's good. It at times like all saints and all souls, to remember that there are, there are times and places and contexts, or to observe, observe is better, I think, that there are times and places and contexts where the veil does thin, and it's like we can almost get a glimpse of our prayer mingling with the rejoicing in heaven, as if the essence of us is moving toward the essence of those who have gone before and it's almost close enough to touch. I just think that's lovely. Um, then our gospel reading. So in this passage, it's commonly agreed. I think we can go forth with that understanding here. At least entertain me while I do. That this passage, um, Jesus is translating the parable. So he's spoken this parable to the masses. His disciples ask him why he speaks in parables. And so then just to his disciples, he kind of translates the parable. And Matthew is a little bit interesting in that the way Matthew describes the reason for speaking parables is a little bit different than the other Gospels. He says in verse 13, the reason I, Jesus being the I, speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. In the other Gospel, Gospels, the writers kind of have the cause and effect shifted. So like Mark and Luke and John, I think all of Mark and Luke and John, I didn't actually go back and check, um, speak to Jesus speaks in parables so as to kind of cloak the understanding and protect the masses. And in in Matthew, it sounds a little bit more like, and again, this kind of goes along with what the commentary says. Uh, in Matthew, it's it's more like, well, let's just read the way my commentator puts it. Whereas Mark suggests the purpose of Jesus' parabolic speech is to promote incomprehension. Matthew indicates that Jesus speaks in parables as a consequence of incomprehension by Jesus' audience. So they don't comprehend, so he speaks in parables. And I, I think that it, it could go either way. I think that I like to think of Jesus speaking in parables as trying to tell the story in a different way so that it can sink in bit by bit 
and thus be absorbed. And we've been talking about transmitting and receiving. And so when he says, seeing they do not perceive and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand, to me that says, it's in front of their eyes. I'm in front of their eyes, but they don't see. The reality, the truth is there, but it's not being picked up by their senses. They're not attuned to it. You might say they're not awakened to it. And so Jesus uses another method. My prayer here for us would be that the Holy Spirit guides us to the appropriate method for us to both receive and transmit. Because there are There is evidence of God and God's message that I'm sure I'm missing out on too. I'm not trying to say that I'm some super enlightened person that's so tuned in that I don't miss anything that God is trying to show me. That's certainly not the case. So may we tune our receivers and our transmitters so as to best receive and then pass on Receive and also pass on what God has for us. May we know with all of our senses and discern and observe and interpret with all of those senses as well. May we not be like the people in verse 15 whose hearts have grown dull and their ears are hard of hearing and have shut their eyes. I know that's tempting, especially when what we're being shown is maybe hard or painful or just overwhelming. So let us, knowing that God is with us, be brave enough to open our eyes and our minds and our ears and our hands. Amen. There was one more thing I wanted to talk about in Revelation 5. It was in verse 6 when it, verse 6 speaks to the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. I was able, with the help again of my commentary, my commentary is super helpful this evening, cross-reference to Isaiah. Because one of the interpretations of the seven spirits is the seven aspects of the Holy Spirit sent out into the world. And so in Isaiah 11, verse 2 through 5, the Spirit of God shall rest on him, um, speaking of David, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit. Well, I guess that could be David and Jesus and all who come after because verse 1 is, A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of God shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. His delight shall be in the fear of God. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or, deci or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. May we grow out of the roots of faith and love. May the Spirit of God rest on us and manifest in the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and reverence. May we take delight in this.
May all our encounters be colored with righteousness and equity. May we be faithful and brave. bear God's witness, to be God's witness. To live out the message from God that we receive. Amen. I think that's all I've got for tonight. That's certainly enough. Um, May you all have a blessed evening and sleep well and restfully. And in your dreams, another place that the veil between us and those who have gone before seems to thin, where sometimes it's easier to sense God. May we walk with God through those dreams and come to a deeper awareness and understanding. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time, with one accord, to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.